and welcome back to the Adaptives podcast, hosted by Simon Day and Chuck Lawrence. Um, in today's episode, we've got uh, Tom McDowell from Evolve Learning Design on the show. Hi, Tom. Hey, Tom. Hey, thanks for uh, thanks for having me, guys. Hey, no problem. Glad you're here. Uh, so, I've been talking to Tom for a while. He's created some really good videos on installing the Adaptive Offering tool. So, he's a great guest to have on the show that we wanted to have on for a while. Um, so we've got a few questions lined up that we wanted to ask you and get your opinion on. Uh, the first one was, I mean, what do you think of Adapt being a kind of budget tool that, um, you know, the guys that you're creating are obviously designed for people who are quite new to e-learning or maybe maybe you're reluctant to spend money on a tool like Storyline or the Articulate 360 Suite. Um, so obviously, yeah, Adapt has always been a really good option for those people because it's open source, it's free, and anyone can download and install it. Um, but Chuck and I have both worked with agencies who are very like large budget agencies, and they they like Adapt because it's configurable and changeable, um, and they can obviously hire developers to do lots of really cool custom stuff to Adapt uh, to meet their objectives. So, like, what do you think of Adapt? Like, do, do you think it exists for both? Like, do you think it has a need to exist for both? Like, do you, are you happy with what it is? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, funny enough, this is actually why I, what I like most about the tool, actually, is the fact that it's pretty much the only, certainly the only authoring tool I know of that can grow with you. When you're first starting out and you're going, oh, how do I, I want to create a bit of learning, but I haven't got much budget. I want to practice. I want to try things out. It's free and ready to go. And yes, straight out of the box, you know, it needs some configuring and it, ha it has certain quirks to it. Um, but then as you grow, it can grow with you. Either you can develop the development tools to, you know, build plugins or add CSS, or you can bring in developers to build the tool that you want in your organization, be you a freelancer or in-house. No other tool kind of offers both. All the other free or open source tools are pretty set in terms of this is what it is. It's very basic. It does one thing. Some of them do it very well, but that's it. You don't really have the option to expand it over time. Or you've got the likes of the Articulates and the Captivates, which are great tools for what they do. But again, that's the tool. That's what it does. This is what it costs. That's it. Um, it will not grow with you. Once you've learned it, give you, you've learned it. There's nothing to add on. Um, so yeah, to, to me, that's that's how it kind of pulls double duty as both a great budget option for getting started, but with no real limit. If you can create it within the within the framework, and as I said to someone earlier, in my case, you hire smarter people to come in and build things that you don't know how to build. Um, but it means that you, you will not outgrow the tool. You know, it can keep pace with you and scale as you go. Yeah, I would think that's the case too. Um, but I do think about uh, some some companies, some agencies who are used to some of these other authoring tools and approach adapt as a budget tool, uh, cost conscious, thinking that we all can bring it in and jump in. And because of their experience with some other commercial authoring tools, it seems really bare bones. Yeah, I, I think part of that is that kind of initial conversation around it. Um, certainly when I first ran into it, I, I kind of was doing the usual kind of, 
research into what tools are there out there. I was kind of at that stage in my kind of L&D journey where I was like, I've used Captivate and Storyline, a bit of a bit of Evolve, and Evolve actually pointing to, oh, well, at the start, we used the code base from this open source tool. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? An open source tool? Um, I'm a borderline computer nerd. I kind of ed more in the hardware space, but I heard open source and went, open source, good, investigate. Um, so uh, and that kind of led me to it. But I went into, hang on, it's an open source tool. It's co- largely community-led at this point. That immediately to me made me think, okay, so there are going to be big differences here. If I think if you're taking someone else, and certainly when I've worked with companies that have gone, look, adapt's an option, but here are some considerations. Open source and community-driven means that it's not a polished commercial product. There isn't a 24-7 tech team that you can call and get a, you know, a hands-on response. Um, you, know, you are going to be responsible for a lot more than you're perhaps used to. Um, and you probably want to consider if, if you don't just want to use it straight out of the box or your existing team aren't super savvy and some L&D teams are in fact I find most L&D teams have got at least one nerdy person that is either there or wants to go there um that that's your person in my mind to give this stuff to um but if you don't you need to consider do we bring someone in in the near term to get it set up even if that's just you know the white labeling process and setting up themes and specific plugins that you want those kinds of things um and then doing a handover to the business um and then you've got those middle grounds you know you've got a, a sort of um big big and and smaller companies doing that so you've got like um uh in the uk you've got learning pool have their kind of adapt based tool and quite a lot of companies are doing that or like hosting options for it um as a kind of mid ground um and again it, that kind of variety and how you even roll it out kind of it was it was a big um a big attraction to me to have those choices um, because I was certainly running into a lot of conversations with businesses where they would go, so it's cloud hosted. Yep. Nope. Can't use that because of our data security policy around X, Y, and Z. Um, so the ability to say, Hey, you can house it wherever you want is a, is another double, double, double edged sword, right? You've got to house it somewhere. So it's your responsibility, but um you get to house it wherever you want, which uh, is the only objection I've ever had someone bring to me against, say, um, Articulate. When you go, Rise, its servers are AWS servers, I, I want to say. And people go, well, I've got no control over where that data goes then. Mm. It, you know, to some businesses, that's a big deal. Uh, the other thing that I think about, too, with, um, with Adapt is that we can approach it as a, as a, a, a budget authoring tool. Um, as we become more and more familiar with it, you know, I think about the uh, the advantages that come along with it, and one doesn't have to use the authoring tool in order to create the same adapt um, output, the same type of modules and courses and and SCOs, and and I would like to think that that's one of the advantages of, of embracing it is that there are nerds uh, in the geeks in the, in the company who, who can putz around. And it really doesn't take that much to start using the framework outside of the authoring tool you've got a command line and that this is where so much of the efficiencies come into play um, 
hybrid workflows, a, a variety of things that can't be done, cannot be done in the same way. Uh, so I, I just think of in terms of the the, um, the growth that a company can have with it. Absolutely. And I think I've, I've seen that in kind of companies where we've kind of looked at it, either bought it in or they've bought it in and then I've spoken to them afterwards. And they've the, the, the people that you speak to on the team that get to use it and do go down that route, love it. It's the sort of thing where they're kind of given up on the hope of that happening to them in the L&D space. Because usually if you're a techie person in L&D, they go, oh, you're the storyline person then. Because everyone else views that as very, very technical. Um, and I think in terms of retaining those people, I wonder if they would have stayed at those businesses had they not had that outlet, that creative outlet for that technical side of them to say, oh, you can, like you say, you can dive into the framework, you can create, and you can create for the benefit of your team as well, not just your end user. Because I always remember having a chat with someone who had just launched their first plugin to their internal team um, based off something they wanted to be able to do. And they said, I've, you know, my team think I've just created an authoring tool for them. Um, like it's, you know, they were like oh, it's not that complicated but it was the biggest sense of achievement they had had since joining that business and also the biggest impact they had had on the overall team's kind of ability to create things um so yeah i think that it, it's kind of that human element of it that is easy to overlook um if you're not there day in day out to see the impact it has on people I mean, it's, it, one thing I think that's quite interesting is there's obviously the the no code kind of movement has gained a lot of pace over the last couple of years. And I kind of think this is the one element that gets lost in that a little bit. No code is great um, for, for including everyone, but I think there is a subset of people that do feel a little bit kind of, I could do more if you it becomes a barrier to them actually doing what they want easily and effectively. And it's not everyone, so you do want both sides of it. Um but certainly that whenever that discussion comes up, I do think it, the no code almost gets the automatic it's better because it's no code and it overlooks exactly this kind of uh, these kind of people and the kind of creativity they want to express in what they do. Well, I think that also brings us to this opposite uh, pole or opposite impression of adapt adapt being a high end tool. And I think that uh, some of that impression is because folks have been able to customize it and jump in and do some fantastic things with it too. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's certainly, I think that it did for me when I first looked at it, it creates a kind of false barrier to entry. Sometimes if you just look at that and think, Oh, I've got to be able to do that from day one or oh, I can't touch it then. Um, and I think it just has to be that little bit of a nod to say, look, it can totally be this and you can achieve this, but you're not going to start there and neither did they. They started with exactly the same framework as you've just got. You know, you've got exactly the same foundation that they do. Now start building up and just add as you want to um, and seek support. And to me, certainly for me, like the having a, a community with a, an inherent um, kind of desire to help is, is where that gap can get filled um, because the communities around other tools, people like to help, but it is more of a generosity thing. There's no inherent benefit to them. Whereas an open source, source tool, everyone helping each other actively makes the tool better um, because these potentially the same people in, having involvement in the next revision or plugins or whatever it might be. Um, 
so yeah, I think that it kind of spans that gap. But that's, I think I'd agree, that's definitely where the perception of it being a high-end tool comes from. Because you do see some of the implementations and they, you, if you if you didn't know what to look for and if someone didn't tell you it was based on Adapt, you'd look and go, wow, you've built an authoring tool. You know, I think it, again, no, nothing else gives you that level of freedom that I've found anyway. But it is it is an initial barrier to overcome. As I say, I, I, I'd say it took me a solid six months to work up the courage to go, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to do it. And if I make a mess of it, I'll take it off the PC. It'll be fine. It's a budget shift almost, as opposed to being low budget. You're shifting that budget from fi- a financial budget to a time investment. Um, but I would at least argue that it is an investment. So just installing it, you may learn some new skills, things you didn't know about computing and, and sort of code and that kind of thing. I think it's certainly I view it more positively than just shelling out money and being emailed and executable. I think it would almost, I don't know, it would lower the barrier to entry, but I think it would almost remove some really important learning steps along the way to actually installing the tool. Um, I haven't thought about that much. Of that I could be wrong in saying that. I don't. Well, know. you could but, you could um, be right in say, saying that, but there's probably still a lot of people who would um, uh, love to have it executable. <laughs> this 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 is it. This is it. That's um, I think that 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 kind of how simple would that be question is uh, way beyond yeah. my level of uh, expertise to even comment on. But um, yeah, but I think again there'll always be that group of people. Like once I got my head around it, whenever I get the opportunity to help someone install it now, I really enjoy it. Yeah. Um, just because they get so interested. They go, so what is this? And a, a couple of weeks ago, I was showing someone about it in their office and they, they, they had never heard about GitHub before, had no idea what it was. Weeks later, their email, they go, look what I just found. Someone's <laughs> created a program for them. They, they, yeah. This whole new world of technology has opened up to them because of in, just installing the tool. Yeah, as, as a budget tool, I, I think that um, we've already... Um, alluded to the 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 ramp up the learning curve, I guess. Um, so I think that my advice to anyone would be not to uh, adopt adapt as a replacement. It's like you want to bring it into your toolkit. You want it to have be there as you are still using other authoring tools uh, as you gain experience, as you get to see what it can do. Um, and what it aligns well, how what what's best suited for. And I would, I would say that's true of all authoring tools. I that's kind of my view of tools in general. Is you always want to add to the toolbox. You don't throw away a hammer just because you haven't used it recently. Mm-hmm. You never know when that's going to come in handy. Um, yeah. So with that point being made, like we were thinking about like some of the projects that Adapt could be good for and not good for compared to other authoring tools. Like I mean, do, do you have any broad projects that come in and go like, this is perfect for Adapt or like, I would never think about using Adapt for this project. I guess for me, I kind of have different camps of tool um, and they fall into considerations of, you know, how much time have we got here? Um, it, it Does the end user, my client in this case, want to be able to edit it afterwards? That's probably the most restrictive one um, because am I realistically going to be able to talk them into implementing a new tool just so they can edit this one course? Unless they're specifically looking for that, probably not. Um, that's a that's a big ask, realistically. Um, so there are those kinds of limitations. Um, but I mean, some of the things I look out for when I'm looking for does it work is are they talking a lot about um, mobile users' responsiveness, those kinds of things, um, because that's where usually when I'm having conversations, there'll be well, we use 
insert slide based tool of choice here. Um, and it's a case of, so it resizes. It's like, well, that is of no use to your people out in the field on a mobile device then, is it? Um, because your text is going to be out of size and your buttons are going to be tiny and all these little things that you, I think maybe five years ago, no one or not many people were thinking about enough. And now we're really seeing that. And I think that's, it's a, it's a golden example of where that can be done. Um, if someone's already got it, um, or we're always willing to implement it. I think it's also a good a good way if they, if you know you're going to be creating a lot of content relatively quickly, because once you've got your things like your you know your theming set up and you can duplicate courses out there, you know the speed of development is I would suggest much greater um, than a lot of other tools. Once once you go over that initial learning curve, yeah. Um, Again, depending on that. So I think those are the kind of the big things I look for. Um, and companies, when they come in and say, I want something really different to everything my people have seen before. Um, and then you go into what they've seen before and it's PowerPoints and the attempts to be different have been, um, you know, a cartoon character in PowerPoint or videos put into PowerPoint. It's still very kind of that the world is a 16 by nine aspect ratio only. Um, and I think the quickest way to get out of that is go, well, let's completely change what e-learning looks like. It's now going to look more like everything else they use on the internet and less like e-learning because <laughs> only e-learning looks like e-learning now. Everything else has moved on. Um, so t- those are the kind of things where I immediately jump to that range of products and then could have my, my my two two or three in that kind of space are kind of like adapt evolve more recently chameleon creator um and adapt tends to be the one where if people are interested in bringing in something new and they want to go through that learning curve and they want something that is very distinctly them they want to spend the time to craft something that looks totally different from anything anyone's going to see at another workplace um that tends to be time where i'm like right we should talk about this Here's how that might work. If they're really just a case of we want to bring something in, but actually we want to be creating courses next week, then it's probably the wrong path to point them down um, because it's, well, it's it's just not true to say, yes, you'll be there in a week um, because it's, it's just not realistic. That's when you might look at another tool, but still thinking about those kinds of responsive and kind of web, web-based design approaches. I mean, even within like that responsive offering tool, mm-hmm arena like why would you compare adapt to tools like rise articulate rise or elucidat or gomo or yes some of those other ones i'm famously not a huge fan of rise uh it's got its place um but all rise courses look the same and there's very little you can do about it i'm afraid can you give an example of where you think that place is for rise uh rise for me it's knowledge management give it to your knowledge management team um, if they just want to do a very simple comms piece that they can put together in 20 minutes and send out as an email link, Rise is perfect. Um, it's pretty much, if I'm honest, the only time I would ever choose to deploy it. Um, I, the, to me, the limitations are unnecessary, unnecessarily restrictive in that tool. Um, it, I, I cut, I've kind of gone back and forwards on thinking, why would they not have allowed you to you know, simply add in some CSS or, or whatever it might be? Not force you to, but just give you the option to. But all of that is gone. Um, so 
again, I think it's great for those if you've got someone with no design sense, no interest in spending any time on the design, and speed is just all that all that's there, and you're not particularly looking to create an experience. It's great. One thing I love about Rise is the navigation on the left, and like that bar looks so cool. And I don't know if you ever saw the um, contents adapt contents extension, but when we created that, we were very heavily influenced by that design that they again i think funny enough that is exactly the thing there's no if you were inspired by something you saw on another tool you'd be very limited on how you could bring that into rise but the reverse is not true you could be inspired by anything that you've seen anywhere on the internet or anywhere else for that matter and bring it in um that to me is the the you know the big distinguishing thing there um because the the, the bar is great navigationally um i think it's, it's more just about whether or not everything ends up looking sort of too similar um but again it, it totally depends on what, what you're doing right um gomo is one that i've used not i've not got enough experience with it honestly to say oh, i would use it for this and that um i tend to use it if someone says they've got it and they want me to use it i'll use it but that's about my extent of it um really um i mean this thing the responsive space is interesting because there's a lot of choices but a lot of them are very early in their life relatively speaking to other authoring tools um so i mean the only other one that i really kind of um really you promote is fair enough a, a lucid app um but it comes with a fairly hefty initial investment uh, from the business and uh, financially speaking of course and it's it's quite a big kind of tied in ecosystem um so it it's a great tool um but the lack of flexibility in that in terms of you know what you're buying into tends to be what pushes me more towards the kind of evolve and if possible the adapt space um to say well look it just goes wherever you want it to go um the whilst you might spend a bit more time the financial um buy-in is is less um and again going right the way down to the adapt if you've got the if you've got the know-how, you can pull everything out of it to use elsewhere, or you can build it to be what you want to be. You're not stuck in one ecosystem. Um, and because that continues to be a problem with most tools is once you buy into a platform, yeah. that's where you are. You're, you're, you're very much sat there forever. Um, and cross compatibility is always going to be tricky, but um, if we could get some, it would be nice. <laughs> going back to Elucidat, one thing I really like about their platform is like how it is like so integrated and like they know their target audiences like big corporations that couldn't they just want to like big internal teams and corporations is not really designed for e-learning developers like you know freelance agencies in that way and i think it's really healthy that the 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 industry is like very different companies are focused on different use cases and different customers and I just think that's really great. You know, for, for a long time, Articulate was the answer for every single customer. Like every single customer had to go to Articulate. And like, I think we're kind of breaking free of that mindset now. I think in the US, it's still a bit more prevalent. Like almost every single company in the US seems to use Articulate, but at least in the UK and Europe, it, it seems to be a bit more open with what people use and more experimentation with smaller companies and what they're building. I don't know if, that's, if you'd agree with that sentiment, Chuck, as the American here. Um, I, I, I know that it has um, wide adoption, is used a lot. One analogy that I've always thought is really interesting about the e-learning offering tool industry is like, as 
different types of cars. I don't know why I've been so drawn to this idea, but like, so let's start with adapt would be like kind of like both like a Formula One car, which is like super customized and like they're tweaking all the wheels for like tiny optimizations of speed and stuff. But then it's also like a box car, which is just like really crappily made, like cardboard that just goes down a hill. <laughs> I don't know, or I've really, I don't know why I've been so drawn to that analogy. But yeah, and I've been trying to imagine what other offering tools would be like in comparison to that. Like maybe elusive that because it's aimed for like large businesses could be like some kind of like corporate. Bent- it's like a Bentley Continental, isn't it? <laughs> it's that. <laughs> It's all about comfort and ease. You get in and everything is here, right? Where you, you need never leave the car. It's the most comfortable place you'll ever be in your life. Um, it's funny you say about that. I kind of imagine Dapt as more of a kind of DeLorean from Back to the Future. There's lots of stuff you could do, but just learn what everything does first. <laughs> Don't just hit go kind of thing. Yeah. And maybe like uh, articulate or storyline would be like, I don't know, just like a Ford or just like a generic car that everyone has that doesn't really get anything interesting. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I, I kind of feel like the articulate suite is like a Porsche 911, but one from like the 90s bought today. <laughs> like you want to buy the fanciest car, but it's just start. It's the it's the right car, but it's just starting to show certain elements of it's not the latest version of that car. <laughs> You know, um, and you can kind of see that Rise, you know, they've put a, a nice new stereo in it, like a really nice 2022 stereo in there. And they've d- done the car up nicely, but it just needs a little bit of something. Um, yeah, you can, I, I love Storyline. It's got a very special place in my heart, but it just needs a it needs a fresh start. Um, Maybe Rise is like a tricycle that has like or a bike with like the stabilizers on them still and like. You can't really fall over, but it gets you to the point you want to go to. So maybe that's exactly. And kind of it's it's a lot of sort of having a little bit of fun at it. But that that that's kind of the point of any tool, isn't it? It gets you where you need to go as quickly and as efficiently as possible. Gets the job done. Cool, Tom. Do you want to do like a final shout out of what you do and um, where people can reach you and stuff? Yeah, sure. Um, so uh, probably the, the the best place to get hold of me is is, is LinkedIn. Um, sort of Tom, I want to say hyphen McDowell. I'm pretty sure that'll lead you to me. I'm sure there aren't that many of us. I'll look, you know, I'll look like me. I'll have a beard and glasses. You'll spot me. It'll be fine. Um, and uh, you can check out um, the YouTube channel as well, Instructional Design Tips, uh, which is where I share my general musings and ideas if you aren't already fed up of hearing them, which I wouldn't blame you if you were. <laughs> Great. Cool. Well, thanks again for your time. And um, yeah, talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you, Tom. It's been a pleasure.